0: Our biggest competitor here in Brazil, it's not HubSpot, it's not Infusionsoft, it's that business don't know what is inbound marketing or they don't know how to do it. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place.
1: Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Today we have Andre Sakera, who is one of the co-founders of RD Station. Now, Andre has had me at one of the, the biggest conferences in South America, their digital marketing conference called RD Summit, which is awesome. A couple thousand
0: people there. Andre, how's it going? I'm great, Eric. It's a great pleasure for me to be here chatting with you, uh, and I hope we have some some nice talking here and we can provide good thoughts for for anyone listening. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are
1: and what you do?
0: Great. Well, I'm the head of marketing at RD Station. Uh, We are right now the leading marketing automation platform in Latin America with focus on on Brazil. We are now close to 7,000 customers in in around five years of, of software. Uh, and we have right now 400 employees here. Uh, we've grown 2.5x this this last year, three times the other the, the year before, and five times the year before. So we've been doing good for for a good series of, of years. And we've just raised last year 19 million dollars uh, in in funding with TPG as leading investor. So that makes us a more solid company here. We have like uh, good competitive advantages for, for Latin America countries. And uh, we are ready to reach the level of the companies in, in the U.S., I guess.
1: Awesome. Great. And raising 19 million from TPG, which is one of, one of the biggest firms. I mean, that's, that's not a small amount of money. Was that one of the biggest rounds raised last year in Latin America?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, uh, and uh, I, I mean it puts us in, in the same portfolio as companies like Uber, Spotify, and Airbnb, and many others. So it's pretty hard, and the timing is really hard for us. For us in Brazil as well, uh, we don't have like the currency in a, in a good shape, in a good moment. Uh, we had some political problems here. We had the, the President impeached, and uh, uh, I mean, it, it's not a good moment to, to invest in the country itself. So it was a, a tough process for us. But uh, we have good metrics. We have uh, good customer uh, retention. We have some. Uh, we have an excellent customer acquisition cost. So all of our metrics were doing good, and it made make it was a bit easier for them to, to invest because of those reasons. But uh, I don't think there were many other companies uh, getting that amount of money, especially in this uh, B2B scene. I mean, we have some uh, fintech companies here in Brazil doing good as well. We have some other types of companies. But in this type of context, I think it was uh, pretty relevant. Got it. Okay. So you have 7,000 paying customers at the moment, right? Yeah. Okay. And
1: how, how how does it work? I mean, how much are they generally paying you per month?
0: Well, they pay an average of uh, around 500 reais, uh, which is, I would say, uh, $150. Uh, So that's the average. We have different packages. We have like basic, pro and enterprise, and we charge them based on the number of leads they generate. So uh, the the thing for us is that they can start smaller and uh, get some success. And after that, we we can charge a bit more uh it, it's I, I don't think it's like in, in America you could compare to HubSpot or fusion software or anything like that uh but our pricing is way lower than than theirs and uh, that's pretty important if you go to a market like like Brazil itself so many um, it's small and biz- and medium businesses are really price sensitive so uh, you have to get a structure that can afford uh, a lower ticket uh, and at the same time provide, uh, some uh, selling with high-touch, uh, customer success structure, and things like that. So it's really hard to make that that mathematic work for you, for your company.
1: Got it. Okay, so 7,000 paying customers a month. Now, I'm just being conservative here. Let's just assume, assume they all pay 150, even though you guys have different packages. Um, so uh-huh. on a conservative end, that means you guys are basically making you know a million bucks a month, which is fantastic, 12 million a year. Um, so can you talk about some other metrics around the company you talked about? Uh, you know number of employees and growth rates
0: yeah uh well I mean we've been growing uh we had like we have five four hundred employees now uh we we ended last year with uh less than three hundred the year before with hundred and fifty or so so uh, it, it's been somehow quick since we we had uh, been funded so uh we before tpg we had been uh funded by Redpoint Ventures and uh, some other Brazilian funds. So every time we get some, some more money, we have these spikes of hiring here. It's really hard for us to do it here because it's different from the U.S. in the sense that you have people who work with digital marketing for a long time. You have people who work with customer success or inside sales or things like that. And right here, we can't, uh, we can't just find those people. So we you have to hire, like, Someone junior from high from they just uh, got graduated or anything like that, and you have to train them, so that's one thing we had to improve a lot, uh, so we have a, a a good training system here so we can prepare people to uh, get ready to work work without never doing the thing they're supposed to do and about the growth rate i, I said uh, I said it before, we've been uh at least doubling in the last years, uh, and our projections say we still double in the next two years
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, you know, obviously you mentioned, you know, there's uh you, you, can't, you obviously can't charge as much as like a HubSpot or Infusionsoft. So the price has to be lower. So what makes your product different than the other ones? I'm sure you had to strip some things out and then add some other things. I'm just wondering how your product is fundamentally different than, you know, the, the, the two competitors uh, in the US yeah. that you mentioned.
0: Okay, I, I don't think we have, for example, HubSpot right now has CRM, so we don't have a CRM. Infusionsoft has some, some sort of CRM as well. And we don't have a CMS, so we have uh, SEO features, we have marketing automation features, email marketing, uh, we have lead management uh, feature a few features less like the CTAs as well we don't have it but if you take a look in, uh, in, into each in each feature we usually have a few more a, a few a few less uh, possibilities than, than theirs so if you take for example the number of templates we have for landing pages or email marketing is probably limited if you compare But at the same time, that's an an important thing here, because when you add too much things, they tend to get complex. So if you're talking to a less mature market, people who are not trained for doing it, they don't know the concepts yet and things like that. You have to make it way easier for them to understand and to use the tool itself. So that's not just because we started later than them, but that's because the country needs this kind of approach as well, you know. Great. So let's talk about the, you know, the first thousand customers. How did you go about acquiring the
1: first thousand customers?
0: When we first started the, the company, we always wanted to be a software company. That's, that was our goal. But we started offering consulting services because uh, that was a good way for us from, to, to monetize from day one. So we were bootstrapping at, at that time. And more important than that, we were learning how our customers deal with the, this issue. So we are learning what were their pain points, uh, what resonates with them, uh, what kind of messaging works for them, and things like that. So we sold this consulting service to around 20 or 30 companies using our network. But while we are doing it, we had already started a blog and launching uh, new ebooks and other kind of resources. So we starting uh, we started from the day one to create an audience. And when we had the first version of the software ready to launch, we already had like 20,000 emails and things like that. So we just send an email saying we are launching a new product and they could try it. They could uh, uh, use it free for one month or so and they could ask us to make a demo or anything like that. So it was really easy to go from zero to uh, 100, 200 customers because we already had this audience before. And after that, it was just a matter of creating more content and getting this inbound process uh, better. So inbound marketing is our core. Uh, so most of our customers come from it. And we have a huge blog here in Brazil. So we have a huge audience, more than half a million visitors a month. We have like, many ebooks that became a uh, reference for, for people studying the subject here. So we started producing more and more and uh, making it always better. So that was the, the, the main point for us to get from zero to, to a 1,000 customers. Uh, at, at that point, we started doing other things as well. So we had our event strategy, we had other things starting, but the, the, the beginning of all was uh, inbound marketing always, content marketing.
1: Great. And so to get to the 500,000 visitors a month, I mean, how much content were you producing each month?
0: Uh, right now we we produce like in in the main blog around uh forty uh, posts a month uh it was no, it was not always like that uh, in the very beginning it was like once or twice a month uh sorry a, a week uh, and after that we're doing better we're generating good numbers and uh last year we had like many tests. We try to raise the the frequency, so we try to post twice a day. Try to uh, slow down a little bit, so we are doing like one post or even sometimes less than that. And we found out that around one post a day is our saturation point. So if we have we, if we have to write like two or three posts a day, our numbers usually don't change that that much. You know, it makes no difference. So we decided to settle in that frequency. And we also started other kind of blogs. Uh, for example, we have right now our channel program. So we have uh, marketing agencies as partners. And right now it's like 40% of our revenue. So we started a new blog just for agencies. So we talk about the agent's business, how they can sell better, how, how can they keep their customers and things like that. And in this kind of uh, uh, and and in this post, we produce less content, for example, it produce usually one or once or, or twice a week. There are a few other blogs, there are a few other movements, but in the main blog, I would say it's around uh, 30, 40 blog posts a month. Got it.
1: OK, so I want to jump over to the, the, the events marketing and I'm assuming this ties into to RD Station as well. So talk about how you guys, why you guys decided to go into events marketing and what kind of results it's brought you so far.
0: Yeah, uh, we started, like, we had, uh, on that time, around uh, 400 customers. We decided, like, last minute, okay, we're going to put up an event here. We want to get closer to to our customers, to understand them better, and to uh, share uh, with them what what we have been learning. We created this first event here, the first edition of our D-Summit. It went well, and we had this feeling that we could do way better in the next years. Uh, I don't think we have in Brazil anything like our D-Summit is right now, uh, because uh, in, the, in this last year we're here, we had like 5.5 thousand 5, people here with 10 simultaneous tracks and uh, many people from, from all over the world. And we saw that we, we could do it here. Like it, there there was no one doing. It's a model that is already doing good in the U.S. We had these benchmarks. We have. We see things like uh, Dreamforce, for example, and we say, why not try to do something like that here? It, it's really good for us because you usually sell uh, uh, using computer or Skype or anything like that via inside sales. And uh, when we got this, this, this event, it was a great chance for us to really meet our customers, to make them come here and to talk to their consultants and to talk to their sales guy or anything like that. And uh, when you're in a Latin um, country, that kind of contact matters. You know, people like to be close. They like to know the people they're talking to. And uh, this was like the beginning of a huge community we, we have created here. So we started with RD Summit, which is our biggest event. But we also have done in the last uh, the last two years uh, RD on the road. So we have this event that travels around Brazil. And uh, it's a, it's a way for us to get to know even more customers and to be close to them, to visit them in their agency, in their, their company. Uh, to, to, uh, sometimes we have like clients that uh, they are thinking about starting, bond marketing, they're thinking about hiring us, but they are not that sure. So it's a chance for them to go there to get to know us better and it really works uh, i mean uh, we sell a lot in this kind of event uh, we share lots of information and make the la- the market itself more mature this kind of of, of opportunity as a, a barrier a competitive barrier with some other some other uh, partners vendors like hubspot or fusionsoft itself so this kind of relationship with ha- with our customers make them stay with us longer for sure Beside that, it's a huge thing for branding, you know, uh, there are many things that get us get to you know RD itself and and our speakers and our team just because of the events. So uh, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a good investment. Mainly if you consider that our biggest competitor here in Brazil, it's not HubSpot, it's not Infusionsoft, it's that business don't know what is inbound marketing or they don't know how to do it. So when we have this kind of investment and we get attention, we uh, get people to talk about the subject, we get people to share photos and things like that. And people start asking, "Okay, what is this thing? This is the main part, the main point for us. So it's uh, generating demand in in a market that's not mature yet. Let's back up a second. I mean, when you talk
1: about getting to 5,500 attendees, that's a huge amount. Uh, How many attendees did you have for your first uh, RD Summit? Uh, it was around 300. 300. Okay, so how did you go about getting the first 300? Is you know you had an audience pre-built already? I'm just trying to give people some steps in terms of you know if they want to go into live events. How did you guys do it? What are the steps you took?
0: Well, uh, I think starting small was important because we didn't have this uh, event culture here in the company. We learn a lot every time we make an event, in, because every time the event's different. So when we started, we had like this 300 people here. And uh, it was pretty interesting because uh, we have this agenda and by the end of the day, we were asking how people felt about it. And they said, OK, in the morning, uh, some people said, OK, the morning was too basic, like just an intro and the afternoon was too advanced. Usually people were in one side or other complaining about the the other part. So in the next year, we could separate and create simultaneous tracks. So we have a track for beginners and a track for advanced. Just, so how did you
1: go about getting the first 300 and then how did you start increasing the numbers? I'm just trying to figure out for people how, how you, got, you guys started to get actual attendees. Okay,
0: okay. it actually followed the company itself because uh, we kept growing our audience to, to sell them through inbound marketing. And it's curious because uh, the number of attendees we have in the RT Summit is usually the same amount of customers we have in our base. Not that every customer go to the, to the event itself, But usually we have uh, the same amount because it reflects the the size of the audience we have. So we kept producing content, creating more content, generating more audience. And that made us a better attractive company, a better attractive event itself. Uh, Also, the event itself became famous, right? Uh, It got some media, it got famous, so it started walking by, by itself. What did you do exactly? Did you email your
1: list? Did you set like a Facebook event and then drive traffic there? How did you get people to actually sign up for the
0: event? Yeah, we have a huge email list. So we mail them all the time. But at the same time, we have like a Facebook uh, custom audience to our customer. We use lead scoring. So we try to understand which customers are more engaged. So we try to focus on all those customers uh, with more budget than than the others, we have uh, retargeting, so we use lot of, lots of retargeting. Uh, we have price uh, pricing uh, getting uh, getting higher, like every month, so we can use that as a compelling event to make them uh, buy tickets uh, before. We usually have many sponsors at the event, and we use those those sponsors to promote the event as well. So we always prepare a good email template for them and ask them to, to promote to their de- database. Uh, we also give them discounts or things like that so they can use it to their, their customer base. We usually have a good PR firm as well, so uh, we try to get in the, the main uh, media channels. Uh, I think that's pretty much it, most of it. We also ask the speakers to to promote the event as well. So uh, most most of our speakers are famous here in Brazil. Uh, They have their own audience and people who follow them. So we we, uh, create uh, some pictures or things like that about the event and ask them to share. So there are many things we put together to get this this kind of audience here. So what kind
1: of costs were involved with the first uh, RD Summit and what kind of ROI do you think you received?
0: The first RD Summit was like really uh, last minute made and uh, we had like uh, was about... uh, $20,000 $20,000 or anything like that. So it was really, really simple. Uh, but uh, we, we could, like, in, in every RD Summit, what we try to do is that we try to break even, ticket selling, and uh, and sponsorships. So we usually break even on the tickets with the event costs, and our profit actually came from the software sales. So last year, for example, we had, like, over 100 licenses sold just during the event. Uh and that makes it profitable b- beside the, the, the branding itself. But we always aim for the event to to pay itself. We try to always break even. That's our metric.
1: Awesome. Okay. So tell me about one big struggle you faced while growing RD station.
0: Well uh I would say if I have to look at for the whole company itself, it would be uh customer retention uh w- when we started, we were like willing to sell to pretty much anyone who, who wanted to buy. And uh, we found out a bit later that many of those customers uh, would leave. Uh, marketing automation uh, is a complex area, so it demands efforts, resources, understanding on-, on how to operate it. And many times it needs behavior changes inside the company. So you have to make things different. You have to think different. You have to think about content performance and not just... Uh, by media like many, many companies do here. So not every company can afford it or are willing to do it. And it's hard even for those who can afford it. So besides having a, a better understanding of who are truly good and bad customers, uh, we had to create this customer success area and find ways to help our clients to reach the the, the success they need to, to be here with us for, for more time. So we now have created a step-by-step methodology they can follow. So we use it, we track it to understand in which part most customers are and where should we work on to to get better and to help them better. Uh, we have a great onboarding process. So whenever a client goes through through this this process, he gets like three times higher chance of staying with us longer. We have quarterly business review with our clients, so we, we we felt that we really need to be close to our customers to make it work. So we are refining the model. We are trying to trying to understand other things. I I think investing in customer retention was something really hard for us. That uh, we if we could start again, we probably would look at it before.
1: Got it. So I'm hearing customer retention. I'm also hearing at the same time, it's a lot about the targeting, too. So it sounds like a lot of uh, customer development.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, it's marketing as well. It's understanding your ideal customer profile. I mean, uh, because the need itself, like every company needs more clients. So there are many companies willing to do it. Uh, but the way we provide more clients through content, through this kind of process, is not for every company. So, for example, we had many local businesses here that uh, they wanted to to bring more customers. They were willing to invest in the tool itself, but it was not a good fit for for them, and was not the better the best way for them to to do this kind of work. So, we had to make a a, a work here to understand which which kind of customers uh, fit better and what was our our ideal customer profile to. To market to them to sell to them and we could filter here in our sales process
1: great okay so i want to shift gears here i mean it sounds like everything's going great for you guys you guys have you know gotten investments from some of the the best firms in, in in well the world and you know events are kicking butt for you guys but um for you i mean how old are you right now i'm 27 27 okay what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 20 year old self
0: Well, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think that one thing that is actionable and it's a good learning, it might sound a bit silly and obvious, but my advice is to focus on what you're good at. I mean, sometimes we hear that we're not doing good in A, B or C, and we put all of our effort in learning and getting advices and trying to improve it. Uh, We spend lots of times on it and uh, we can move from really bad to just bad, you know. Uh, sometimes in- instead of that, uh, I mean, okay, in this kind of thing, I'm, I'm not good on. And it's okay to be to, to be bad in a, in a thing or other. Uh, I maybe can hire someone who's good on it. I can uh, delegate to someone. But what, what are the things that I'm na- naturally good and I can easily do? And if I invest time on it I can probably have a way better output so it's it's about structuring the company and the area or whatever about my strengths that's one thing I think I I could have learned before and makes my life way better right now
1: love it okay what's one big change you made in the last year that's impacted either you or your business in a big way
0: I think was uh, understanding my, in, in this kind of sense, uh, understanding my role and the things I'm good at. For example, I, I'm not that kind of leader that is really a motivating guy that puts people like energize people or things like that. That's the kind of thing I'm not good on it. And uh, probably it's better for me to work on strategy, to think about approaches we, we can do to our marketing, how we, we have like a better mix of investments. Diagnose what kind of thing are not working here, reading reports, preparing reports. That, that's the kind of thing I'm good on it. So I stopped doing like the other things. Uh, I was not that good. And I think the company itself has like it made my relationship with my, my employees better. It made the, re- the results itself better. So trying to understand what kind of things could have a higher impact and focus on, on those things. Uh, was a good change I had last year and I think uh makes can make a huge difference from, from for anyone listening.
1: Love it. Okay. What's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? Ideally, uh it could be any any kind of book, could be fiction, non-fiction, can be Brazilian.
0: <laughs> well, uh one book, like uh, probably someone have already recommended it here, but I think it was uh, a great writing was Traction by Gabriel Weinberg. Uh, it's a great way for trip entrepreneurs to think about how can how can they bring their their product to the customers. What kind of channel they can use, and uh, what are the main points about each channel? It was a great a great reading for for us uh, at RD and made us think about how we could use different channels. I mean, we already have some channels working, but what other kind of things we could do, and how we could structure our Marketing strategy better around those channels.
1: All right, great. Well, Andre, this has been fantastic. What's the best way for people to find you online?
0: Well, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I have uh, my profile. It's Andre Sakira. I think you you're probably right because uh, I don't think English speakers will probably get it easy. <laughs> but uh, you you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter, Andre GC Sakira as well. You can email at Andre at rdstation.com.br. Thanks again for doing this, Andre. It was a great pleasure. Thank you, Eric. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere.
1: If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.